Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. Happy, as always, you're tuning in to another episode. It's a fantastic episode. Gabby Reese is on the show. Not only is she a volleyball legend, but she's an inspirational leader. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's a wife. She's a mother. This former professional beach volleyball player is, was Nike's first female spokeswoman. She's a definition of both an athlete and a great leader in every aspect of her life. And I really wanted to bring her on the show to talk to her mainly about mindset. And that's what we do. We really dive into the mindset. We don't really talk about much about her volleyball, which she's probably the most known for. You know, she also became Nike's first female athlete to design a shoe, Nike's first ever female cross-training spokesperson, health and fitness guru, you know, as an entrepreneur, created her own unique fitness program, HiX. And shortly after HiX, with her husband, Laird Hamilton, the famous surfer, they created Extreme Performance Training, or XPT. It's a unique and powerful fitness training and lifestyle program featuring water workouts, performance breathing, recovery methods, high-intensity endurance training for people of all levels, of all fitness levels and backgrounds. Again, a tremendous background, of course. That's how we all know her. But I was really interested in her mindset, and that's what the conversation was, a really unscripted, natural exploration to mindsets, to habits, the beliefs, uh, values, how she's changed, how we've all changed as we get older, how we look at life, how we consciously, intentionally meet people where they at, seek to understand, try to put ourselves in other people's shoes, you know, kind of exercising that emotional quotient part of our brain. So it was it was a fun and fascinating conversation. You're going to get a lot out of it, a lot of nuggets to take away in your own personal leadership journey. And I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation. It is brought to you by my good friends at Hutton Construction. Hutton design, builds, and service commercial construction projects all throughout the Midwest. They're longtime fans of this podcast, and they're committed to the highest standards in leadership. I'm so proud they're supporting Dose of Leadership as a sponsor. They're behind so many projects, stunning structures built from the ground up, remodeled hospitals, Medical offices, manufacturing, industrial facilities, municipal buildings, financial institutions, churches, schools, you name it. All spaces, all sizes. And these days, they're both architects and builders because really that's what you want, right? When you're wanting to build something, that's what clients are asking for. A single trusted partner to work with from start to finish. And they get that at Hutton. It's their vision delivered from paper to structure. And it's more than a construction project for them. I know them personally. It's a creative endeavor. They put people over projects always. That goes to how they treat their clients, their employees, their community. Character counts to them, and that's how they select their staff, their subcontractors, and how they serve the community by contributing 
what and where they can. That's not lip service. Again, I know them personally. They're professional, hardworking, charitable, Midwestern in all the best ways. That's their culture, which really is no culture at all. It's just who they are. That's Hutton. To learn more, go to HuttonBuilds.com slash TogetherWeBuild. That's HuttonBuilds.com slash TogetherWeBuild. Man, thanks so much for being a supporter of this show. It means the world to me. If you haven't done so, please, I say this every episode, but it means the world if you could subscribe, rate, and review. Take that little extra time, particularly it's on Apple Podcasts. Go to your phone, search Dose of Leadership in the podcast app, scroll to the bottom, Hopefully you give a five-star review and write a review. It means the world to me. It keeps us front and center as we remain one of the uh, top 5% podcasts in all podcasts and certainly in the um, business management category. We're always a top 25 podcast. Thanks to you, and I appreciate that. Also, plug two for my Dose of Leadership University. Go to doseofleadership.com slash university. You can learn more about my university that's changing live. It's so impactful. It's one of my favorite things that we do, interacting with a unique community that creates this level of accountability and growth, pushing each other into the growth zone, allowing us to grow into the kind of leaders that we were called to be. The Dose of Leadership University is your hub of leadership knowledge, support, community that delivers this impactful interaction with like-minded leaders, mentors, entrepreneurs who are searching for significance just like you. If you're an organization looking for professional development, this is a perfect tool for six months you can sign up, $1,500. get a group discount if you get five or more of the same people coming to the program. You can learn more all about this on the landing page at doseofleadership.com university. You can also watch some testimonials, watch a little video that I have of myself, but also testimonials of my actual members and people who are now mentors, other people that you will interact with and help you become the leader you're meant to be. That's doseofleadership.com university to learn more. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get on with this great conversation with the one and only Gabby Reese here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Gabby Reese on Dose of Leadership. I can't believe it. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. So exciting to talk with you. You know, it was interesting. I, I was surprised to learn that you didn't start playing volleyball until you were in, late in high school. I was I guess I was kind of shocked by that. Well, I think, you know, especially this day and age, everyone gets so, um, you know, kind of focused, so, you know, so specialized so early. And I, you know, I grew up in the Virgin Islands and I, and I actually, you know, kind of played a little bit of volleyball um, because I was so tall, you know, very tall tall, early. Um, But I didn't. And then I moved to Florida my junior year and I was 15 and I was six, three, and they are sort of very organized there. And so I started playing for the school team and and just started um, really focusing in on volleyball for my junior and senior year. And, and um, it went from there. Did you find that it was, were you athletic before that? I mean, were you really involved in organized sports well before volleyball? Nothing? No, I wasn't. I, I kind of grew up pretty freewheeling. Um, like I said, in the, you know, the, if you grew up in the Virgin Islands as a non-local person, so my father's from Trinidad, but right. I moved down to the Caribbean when I was very young. And um, usually, you know, in those days too, it was the seventies. It's like, what were my parents doing? So most of us were pretty freewheeling that we were down there anyway. So quite frankly, I never thought about going to university. I never um, put much thought. I wasn't interested in performing well in school. Not really. Um, And I, I probably didn't consider career, um, 
school. And even then I, I sort of was just going where things led me versus right. I had some big plan in my mind. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I was say, what was the dream then when you kid, I guess you just didn't, you were just kind of thinking of, of getting to the next summer or the next event, right? You weren't even thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. So I, thought you, I would probably work at a gift shop. <laughs> right. Were you a disciplined kid? It didn't sound like it. I mean, so was you were disciplined? Yeah. Where did that come highly, from? Highly disciplined. Where did that come from? You think? Uh, you know, and not in an uncomplimentary way, but my parents are very loosey goosey. I mean, my father passed away when I was five, but when I, I ended up sort of reliving with my mother and my stepfather and, um, there, you know, I was very, uh, internally structured. So if, a, if a place was not organized or clean by the time I was nine or 10, I would clean it and organize it. Um, I was always, I think, looking for places of homeostasis organically and um, and also I'm not a big self-destructive person. So certainly I acted out a few, you know, a couple events of rebellion because I was frustrated with some of my home life. But overall, I was a pretty self-protective person. I wasn't into, you know, experimenting at a level where it could or it may or may not go wrong. I was I was just internally oriented that way. And it's funny because I have three daughters and one of them is very much like that. My youngest and like she's, and this was like me, I had a very punchy mouth, you know, like mm-hmm. I could really infuriate the adults around me and I was combative and non-compliant and you couldn't leverage me. However, um, I probably wasn't going to go off the rails. Yeah. You had enough internal. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I wonder if you said, because the parents were loosey goosey again, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm just thinking because you were trying to get, I, I, I get what you mean because I, I see how I got real fastidious about cleaning and put things in order because I, I didn't see that in my parents. It bothered me. Right. Does that yeah, make sense? And I'm looking and I was trying to tether myself to order and, and yeah. probably, you know, looking and knowing a little bit more now about fight or flight. Um, you know, like if a, if a person starts wiping down the counter in the kitchen, for example, other than it really like someone just ate or spilled something there, it's actually a mechanism where we're trying to keep ourselves from fight or flight. So we're sort of going like, mm-hmm. I can control this environment, this little space of real estate. And so now looking back, it was probably also me trying to control something um, that there would be order and I could start something and complete something. Um, and it was probably a, a reaction of a co- to control, sure. co- to control something. Yeah. And it, you know, it kind of feed, it, it's interesting about it because even when I'm talking about some of the coaching that I'm doing, it's, it's kind of been exposed talking about kind of, that is our default state as human beings, kind of this, I don't know what they call it, the alligator brain, the lizard brain. Again, I'm not a psychologist, but that fight or flight or kind of appease Mm-hmm. that's how we're wired as human beings from however eons ago. And so that plays into, you know, even as we come into adults at some point, I mean, that kind of feeds this kind of, you know, we either a victim of something or we're either going to take control of it and get aggressive with it. Or maybe we jump in and try to rescue somebody, all that kind of mm-hmm. based on this kind of fear and lack of control or trying to get control. Right. And so to move it to the front part of the brain, you know, that's where we start taking a pause and looking at things and like, how do I choose to respond to this? How do I do, how do I harness anxiety? You know, I think it seems like so often, 
that we look at anxiety and fear as a weakness or a culture makes it something to be like it's abnormal, but everybody deals with it. And I think that the people that who go one path or kind of stay in that kind of drama anxiety is that the people realize that anxiety never goes away. The fear, the uncertainty never goes away. The limiting beliefs and the self doubt never go away. That comes up time and time again on this show. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of an aha moment for me. I don't know, 10 years ago, like, Oh, you mean this person who's accomplished so many great things has the same limiting beliefs and fear. And they still go back that time when they were a kid or whatever. And, but they just get used to it and they harness it. I don't know. What do you think? How does that resonate when you hear what I say? Yeah. And I think there's even maybe the next layer to that, which is, uh, you know, if you ask a lot, like to your point, if you ask a lot of successful people, Oh, why do you think, you know, people ask me this many times, why do I, why was I always able it, what appeared that I looked ahead and I was sort of jump, I was moving through my career and diversifying and doing all these things. And I was like, well, fear keeps you super alert. Right. And so, uh, if, you know, I've used even the analogy, Wayne Gretzky, who I know very a little bit, when you learn about him, he drives under the speed limit. He's a very conservative guy. He probably didn't like to get hit when he was young. Like there's hockey guys who don't care about getting hit. And so everyone's like, oh, he saw the ice so well. I was like, yes, but one of the mechanisms was he just really didn't want to get hit, right? And so I think for me, I was always looking ahead, trying to anticipate what I was going to need, my life was going to need so I could survive. Right. And you get to a place where you go, okay, it's 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 powerful, it's great, you know, um, but it's not the best place we can work from, right? Yeah. I think the best place to work from is to recognize that you have these things. And then the next layer, I think besides the controlling or just managing it or putting systems in place to override it and be successful is to find your small ways to surrender is to really say, I'm wildly uncomfortable. Um, Maybe I can't solve it. Maybe I can't wrap it in a bow and I'm going to find the way to actually ride it out which is sort of hopefully like the evolution that we can go through where we can, and then reframe it. So if somebody, for example, in my twenties was mad at me, um, I maybe would try to fix it. And maybe if I felt it was unjust and I was in my thirties, I might get aggressive. Right. And now what I'm trying to do is actually go, well, wait a second. Does this even have anything to do with me? And accept that maybe I, that is the way that it is. And so I think there's like levels of trying to go through that because when you see people, certainly by my age, if they're so in control, mm-hmm. um, the, the deficit or the crash or the non-reality uh, is, gets bigger and bigger. Like I can, I I have a schedule. This is what I do. I control things. I'm a boss. And then it's like a slow death. You don't change. Yeah. It's almost like when you're saying that, I think about when I'm in my twenties, I thought it was all about slaying every dragon in the room. Like I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to be a name. I'm going to, I'm going to take names. I'm going to do this. I'm going to slay every dragon. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to show you I could slay those dragons, and it was all about. And I'm and I'm still believe it's all about being a dragon slayer. But I think now, to your point, there's so much more value in to be able to sit there and realize that I have a choice here, and to and to 
kind of be calm and, and to say, what am I trying to accomplish here? What is the ultimate outcome? And then I get specific about which dragon I'm slaying. That's what I heard yeah. you saying that, right? Every time. Yes. And, and, and make it about the pursuit of excellence and yeah. expansion and experimentation versus I'm going to show everybody, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to crush it. Um, yeah. Because, because then what's motivating us, I think that's totally fine in our twenties and even thirties, you know, men, they've got more testosterone. I mean, again, there's also the more we're conscious of our biology and understanding so many of these things are natural, but then how do we keep them working in our favor is very important. Not being led by our biology, but being like, Oh, okay. I understand why that, that is, you know, it's there. Um, and then to, oh, to then maybe go transcend occasionally if we can pull it off to the more kind of spiritual approach, mm -hmm. emotional approach, intellect, you know, kind of using that and saying like, Oh, wow, this person's coming at me. And my tendency would be to go like, I'm going to put you on your back, but then to be like, you know what, let me see if I can approach them with some loving kindness and mm -hmm. diffuse it and see where we go there or go into situations with the idea of solutions and solving versus I'm going to win. Um, I think that that just ends up being better. It takes more effort. It takes self-control, self-discipline. You've got to keep your ego in check because mm -hmm. you're like, do they know? They don't really know like what I could say or do to them right now, which is like really schoolyard stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. I think it's like trying to roll through some of this, um, you know, I think relationships teach us that I've been in a long relationship and my, then certainly my children really put the cherry on top where the rules, cause I'm the parent. Mm -hmm. And so at that point you're like, this feels unfair, but it's like, yeah, no, that's kind of your, what your role is. And so you better figure out what the high ideas are so that you respond accordingly, because actually at the end of the day, that's what you're teaching them. Yeah, and it makes sense, but it, it but even people our age are still the vast majority of them don't ever seem to evolve that way. I've certainly evolved that way, and I certainly when I teach, when I talk about leadership, it is it's about getting to that choice point. That the power there's power in that choice point. That you're always at a choice, and no one can ever take that away from you. And you're like, wait a second, yeah, this person's calling me an asshole. It, there's much more power trying to figure out why is this person calling me an asshole? You know, maybe he's got a point. Maybe they don't, but at least if I try to seek and understand why they're trying it, that's to me, that's, that's the ultimate achievement or the ultimate goal. Yeah. Really. And I think for, for females, it gets even a little, you just have an, another little thing to do with, which is typically, and it doesn't mean there aren't males that aren't dealing with it. And there's not, it doesn't mean there's not females that don't deal with it, but typically, right. We're taught to make it all kind of nice. And I think there's something interesting when you can get to a place where you're comfortable with where we aren't going to agree and you're, you're never going to like the way that I'm doing it. And, um, and you might even go and like, you might even dislike me a little bit, especially if you're talking about a working situation, right? Mm -hmm. If you're talking about leadership and if you're maybe someone in, in a space where you're in charge of that space or whatever, it's like really learning to gracefully be okay with that. Um, and, and not try to fix it or come out smelling, you know, like a rose or getting someone to see it your way. It's just being like, oh, okay, I can appreciate that. You know, that's just kind of the way it is. 
Yeah, it's about adding value is what I heard you say there. I mean, if I can sit there and try to, no matter what's going on, if I can come at you and approach you as like, okay, how can I add value to what's going on here? It puts things in a whole different perspective and certainly allows my reaction, even though I may feel like choking you out or putting you on your back because of what you're saying. If I seek to understand and try to, because most of the time, if it's come, if it if it's aggression or some sort of dysfunction coming at you, it goes back to what we were talking about. We started this conversation. It's always coming from a place of lack or fear. It's never coming from a place of abundance ever. And right. if, and if you understand that, you can kind of look at them a little more empathetically. Well, and then you're always also looking internally instead of externally. So there's still always that constant level of accountability, constantly right. being like you said earlier, like. What have my words been? What have really my thoughts been? What are my intentions? How have I handled this? And so I think also that gives you that space because you're not reacting to the external all the time to constantly be like, well, you can be honest with yourself. You could have maybe handled that better or really you might be saying you wanted this, but you were really acting in a way that you were pushing for that. Right. You know, so there's all that, those nuances that, um, you know, that gives you the room to be able to explore that a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm talking on a higher plane, but I still lose it like everybody else too. Right. It's easy to, it's easy to go back into that, that dramatic scenario because it's so it's our, it's our default state. It's easy to go into that. You know, it's easy. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's an impulse, right? right? It's just impulse. So we are just reacting on impulses, impulses, impulses. And then if you want to get into like, the science of it, then your neuroreceptors that do that are more dominant than mm-hmm. the ones right. that are passive and contemplative. And so then we start to cultivate and develop not only physiological, re- you know, responses. So it, and then our environment and then, you know, probably then we have these certain dynamics with friends and things that, that reinforce it. And it just, it can go on and on. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking and I was reading some things, um, have you ever read Atomic Habits before? Have you ever read? <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. And I was thinking about I was, you know, and I was, I was telling my wife all about it. And I in this mastermind group I'm in, some couple of people said, "Oh, you got to read it." And I don't know why I didn't read it earlier, but it's so good. But it, 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 I was thinking about you when I was kind of reviewing some of this thing this morning, where it was talking about kind of the difference about goals and how we don't. I'm going to paraphrase this. I might goon it up, but you know, we never rise to our, the goals that we set. We always settle down to the systems we have in place, if that makes sense. And you seem like a person that kind of understands that you don't seem goal oriented. You, you said something earlier that made me think that you're not goal oriented. You kind of, you, you embrace the system, I guess. If, if, does that make sense? Is that you, if I'm, if I'm saying that right? Yeah, I think I, I draw vague maps because I think you have to have direction Mm -hmm. of some sorts in which to lean forward into. Um, And I think also as you start to drill down, as you become, you know, more focused into what's happening is making sure that the right environment is in place. So you, but you can't crystallize that until you move further into the journey. Yeah. Um, whether it's having a company and at first being like, oh, well, this seems to be happening. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, who's in charge of this? And then it's like, okay, who's in the, who's got this job and that job, but you don't do that in the beginning. And conversely, same with training. It's like, you know, I, I liked volleyball. I, I got closer to it. Then it was like, oh, well, wait, who are my, 
who, what team am I going to play for? Then it became, well, who is going to play with me? And then it was like, well, who's going to coach? Then it became, well, what supplements am I taking? So I think as you go, you start to really fine tune things, but you can't think about all of that or put it ahead. It's basics. And then it starts to get, you know, more specific and focused and refined um, because you actually have to go through all that to understand what it is that you think that you're going to be needing. Well, what about you? Do you like in just your everyday life? I mean, how intentional are you about this is the type of person I want to become? I mean, is that something that, that you're passionate about? Like, do you sit there and intentionally go, this is, this is the type of human being I want to be. This is what I want to do. Right. How, how important is that to you? You know, it's always been important to me. I think since I was very young, I, again, I, and this is not bashing my family, but I saw some behavior that I thought, oof, not only does it go nowhere, I don't actually really respect it. So I, I was aware of like this idea of trying to act in a way that was respectable, that somebody I would be like, Hey, listen, even if I don't agree with you, I'm going to respect you. I've had coaches. I have friends where even in the moments where we're not or teachers where we're not 100 percent aligned, because when are you with anyone? Sure. Never. Right. But it's like no matter what, I respect you because you you say you're going to do what you say. You you're truthful. You show up. You work hard. So there's certain things for me. So I, I think I have that, that's always been a very important thing for me because I also thought that they would they were the things that when you looked in the mirror that you'd be able to tolerate yourself and that then also you might have a shot at having real friendships because you could be a person who who could show up in that real way. And um that for whatever reason has always felt important. It doesn't mean I have a ton of friends. Um, and also now as I'm older, it's being really conscious of, okay, so I'm in this situation. It's emotional. I'm feeling emotional, but who am I trying to be? Because that's my guide. So yeah. what I'm going to say next, if I can, if I can be in charge of it um, is guided by this concept of who I'm trying to be, because even if I'm not that way naturally, I feel like if I have that practice, then I kind of am that. Yeah. That's what atomic habits gets into. Right. I mean, that's kind of the break right. to it. It's where it says, Hey, look, it's not about so much setting goals. It's about what type of person do you want to become and then start yeah. behaving that way. It's like the great example he gave in the book was, you know, you have two people who are just trying to quit smoking and they say, Hey, you want a cigarette? And one person says, Hey, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit smoking. Well, that person's going to start smoking again. But the other person that yeah. says, the other person says, no, thank you. I'm not a smoker. Even though they just smoked 24 hours ago, right? That person's probably yeah. going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk about never denying your real feelings though, like at least to yourself. So for example, family, I'll just be completely blunt. Like I'm the mom and I'm the wife in this dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, there, there are, there's so much interplay and, and, and so many dynamics and maybe stuff's going on. And there are days I joke that I'm like, I, I genuinely dislike everyone in my house, <laughs> right. just like yeah. in these moments. Right. And then I, I tell myself, like, I'll go in my closet or be getting ready. And I'll be like, you know, I didn't sign up for this crap and you know, Oh mm -hmm. yeah, look at your mom and your wife, you know, and all this stuff. <laughs> 
And so I think it's me being, I allow myself always to have those very harsh feelings that I might feel like pretty, whenever that is. But then when I go and enter and, and is, I'm still using this idea of who I'm trying to be as the guide, because I know in the end, I won't regret that. And also what you start to learn when you have enough experience is like, I'm going to save myself a lot of time and energy by not getting myself into situations that are full of drama, Mm -hmm. full of conflict, things I have to say, I'm sorry for, you know, I don't love to apologize. So I'm actually trying really hard to be living in a way, like I always say, I want to pay up front with everything. So even if it means I have to be a little more measured and a little more careful with my words and a little slower to react, that's fine by me. So when I can't get there myself, I go, what's your, what is your reptilian brain response? Deal with, have it to yourself. And then what are you going to do for real? Go back to your guide and then get back to work. Yeah. I love that intentionality and, and the forgiving of yourself. I mean, being kind of, you know, you've got to be to your point, forgiving of yourself. That's why I think, like, I don't know if that's stating it right. If the goals are overstated, it, it, they can be demotivating, I think, because having that kind of freedom to kind of, um, I don't know about forgive yourself, but at the same time, having that roadmap, that outcome of what you want to become to be your guide. If you didn't have it, then you're just kind of ping ponging and reacting to what, to what's happening. Right. I don't know. I don't know if I came across. Right. And I think, like, let's say you're in a business or you're in pursuit of improving your health, let's just say. OK, so you you have this sort of location that you, you, you know, you're trying to arrive. So if it's business, it's growth and, you know, um, you, you know, innovation and whatever things you're you, you, you know, you would like to implement in there. Not always understanding the how. Um, and then. Pursuit of health. So maybe for some people, it's like, hey, I just like to lose a little, little bit of weight. I'd like to sleep better. I'd like to have more vitality, whatever. And then I always say, you got to back it into the practice, the everyday real practice. You can't just say, oh, I want that. It's like people setting goals. It's like, okay, that's yeah. great. But what is the what, what is the that practice mean? that you want to put in place that's going to allow that that you will tweak as you become more informed, or as you go like, well, I sort of did this. Now I've got to adapt and adjust and rejigger, and now I've got to add and whatever. Um, and, and, and sort of, I always feel like when you do it that way and you're really clear with the practice and you're showing up in the practice and you have the discipline, um, and you don't make excuses or blame anyone to the best of your ability, you, you will arrive at the goal. You just have, you just did it differently. You didn't just, because you, you might arrive so much higher than you could have set in your mind because we just don't know we're not that smart. And so I believe that that pursuit and that discipline and that adaptation and that willing to work hard and all of that stuff can sometimes lead us to a place so much further than we even understand. Um, And, and what's kind of cool is I think what happens is people will, and you can hear this from athletes all the time or guys who go like, I just wanted to be rich. I thought that would solve it. I just want to win the Super Bowl. I thought that would be it. The problem is, so we have these goals that we set for lifetimes. We get there and it's like, oh, wait, that's not it. So the other way, you're kind of never bummed out or disappointed because that wasn't actually the goal. 
Right. The goal was to be your most badass self mm-hmm. in pursuit of something that really felt organic to who you were for all the reasons that were right for you, not just to be rich, not to be whatever. And I think then we're not disappointed because then we, we lived in that journey the whole time. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. Look where we are. Um, and I, I, so for me, you know, but also I'm not so like, I want to be the king of the hill. I just never have, I've never really thought that way. But uh, the way I work is like, I want to own the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the king of the hill. Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation and I wanted to take the time to introduce you to Ben Hutton, the sponsor of today's episode. Ben, tell our listeners what Hutton is all about. Hey, thanks, Richard. You know, we're a huge dose of leadership fans here at Hutton, so I appreciate the opportunity to sponsor your your program and be with you here today. You know, Hutton is a commercial architecture and construction firm headquartered in Kansas, but we do work really throughout the Midwest, designing and building things like hospitals, office buildings, schools, industrial and manufacturing facilities. But really, uh, more than that, we see ourselves as leaders in the communities that we serve. Yeah, that's one thing I've always appreciated about you, knowing you all these years. I love your intention around leadership and your vision as a company. So what do you think makes Hutton different? Sure. You know, Richard, our purpose is to build life into our employees' dreams, clients' visions, and communities' future. We really start with putting our people first, and then we keep people at the center of everything that we do, which really means we walk alongside of our clients from the very first thoughts they have about a building all the way through completion and then maintenance into the future. I love it. That's why I'm glad that you're a sponsor of this show, Ben. So great. How can people learn more about your company? Yeah, so to learn just a little bit more about us, you could go to huttonbuilds.com slash togetherwebuild. Great, Ben. Thanks for being a sponsor. Yeah, I love it. That's what I can when I was talking about falling in love with the system because it, it reveals so many more opportunities and doors that you didn't even you can't even see when you're just saying, I want to lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds or 20 pounds. And instead, you change your mindset to like, I want to be a healthy person and have a healthy lifestyle. That's a completely different identity than just losing 15 pounds, right? And, and it's sustainable. That's and, the thing. And it's sustainable. <laughs> Even if we get to the weight loss thing, you better understand how and why, and then your motivations have to be deeper and richer. But let's say you do buy the company, own the company, you're the boss, the CEO, eventually you won't be. So what has to really happen is what has to feed you is not the external, again, that whole external experience back at you, but that feeling you were able to achieve for yourself by going through it, by getting up when you got knocked down, by the relationships that you developed, um, by going through something with people, because you realize at the end, then it's probably really all that it's about anyway. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you're much richer. What a much richer experience to go through it that way. And to your point, and it's much more exciting and it's sustainable and it reveals things to you that you, you weren't expecting. Yeah, and that, that's completely different than saying dreaming big and saying shoot for the stars and yeah, okay, that sounds good. You know, it's kind of like when I've I've asked companies when I've consulted them, what do you, what's the outcome? What do you want? Well, I want to be a hundred million dollar company, and I'm like, well, everybody wants to be a hundred million dollar company. What does that mean? What does that look like? And you start doing that work and going through that process. Like, what is, what does a hundred million dollar company of this organization, that brand, what does it look like? Feel like? What are your employees saying? What everybody's saying? You know, that that takes a lot of work, but once you define it and get alignment and clarity around it. Man, it gives you the rocket fuel to start 
taking steps, you know, and it's those steps that makes it fun, I think. Well, it is. And, and, and to like, so I, the one thing about not having a stable childhood though, was I didn't have confined uh, parameters of any kind, right? There was no expectation, but there was really no limitation. Right. And the only thing is, is that we also have to forgive, not forgive, be, be sort of understanding of how people get to a thing where they go, well, son or daughter, you're going to go to this school and then you'll go there. And then this is the way it's like the system. And so to get people to break out of that and have the faith um, to know it, to believe in themselves enough that like, I'm going to figure this out. I will figure out if, as long as you have the real, the reality tools. So if you're willing to do the work and you're fitting yourself in the environment that is actually right for you. That's supposed to be for you. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think a lot of people go like, I'm going to be a lawyer. It's like, do you even want to be a lawyer? Like, okay. You know, it's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to go get a VC fund. It's like, do you know what a nightmare job that is? It's that's like, (laughs) is that what you want to do? Because you think maybe there's like a couple hundred million dollars to you at the other end of that. Like, it's like, you know, cause I have met both types. Like I've met VC guys that are like weirdly creative and they can understand and see companies and you just go, Oh, that is actually what they do. And then you see people who get in and, and then they knew somebody and they got a fund and you're just like, they have no concept. And so I, I just think it's, you know, people understanding that we, they've also been conditioned. It's easy for me to say it cause I was never conditioned for anything. Nobody, there was no expectation around what I was going to do. And so there's a real liberty in that um, because you can't fail then. If there's no expectation, it's not like, Oh, I failed. It's like, yeah, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've had even coaches, people, you know, middle-aged, my age, 45 approaching 50 and they became lawyers and they became lawyers because that, that was expected of them or they thought this was the best way to make a lot of money and they're miserable. They spent, they spent 25 years, doing something they absolutely hated all yeah. because of expectations. No, I, I, yeah. So yeah. Having that kind of unstructured is a blessing. My parents, you know, I had a pretty good childhood, but they never put, you will do this. You will do that. They were like, do you ever do what, what, what feels natural and what fits for you. Right. And, but even then I found myself even going through college, I remember thinking, you know, my original college degree was radio and television broadcasting because I love doing this type of thing. And I changed it because I read a Newsweek article saying computer science degrees pay the most money. And I'm like, you know, so I switched, you know, and then I never even used my computer science degree. I became a pilot. But I wish I would have had more. I would have had more fun in college is my point is if I would have stuck with this major. And look, now I'm doing this. Right. So (laughs) no, for sure, you would have had way more fun in college, way more fun. You know, behind a computer lab and typing up code. Good Lord. What was I thinking? You know, all because I read some stupid Newsweek article. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, guys that write code that it's it is their art form. That's like the best thing in the world. For sure. Right. Like, so I think it's, you know, again, it's always encouraging people. And, And the hardest thing is when someone's like, well, I don't know what I like or I don't know what I'm good at. And or I don't know what I would like to. But that's why I think when you keep doing the internal work and really drilling down on your real feelings and then your external life will start to reflect you authentically. I, I just think it comes, I'm not saying it comes easily, No, it's but I, easy. I think it is. 
You know, I think if we're sitting around and we're blaming our bosses and our parents and then the yeah. neighbor and then this, then we're never going to know who we are. Yeah. We just will be a victim of our circumstances, but that means in, almost in every bucket. I do feel like the universe puts something on your heart and your soul and you know what, if you listen to it, you know what it is. And yeah. I, we don't take that leap because the, res, you know. I don't know if you ever read the war, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art talks about that, like the resistance. I that, totally did. Oh, I love that yeah. book. I just had him on my show last week, so it was so awesome. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's an important thing, but it's also important to expect it, right? Like, yes. There's times resistance and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, there's two kinds, right? There's the kind of like, okay, this is too long. Maybe I need to evaluate and it could be like if you're going on a liken it to going on a hike or creating a business, you have to be realistic and be like, sure. okay, this is so much resistance, maybe. And you could say, I've been doing this for six years. It's like, yep. And you got to stop and right you now. Gotta, you got to ch- change course. Yeah. Uh huh. And that's hard because people, once they start the amount of time and they don't know it's how hard. to pull out of it and just go, it's okay because you learned the stuff and now it'll, it'll mm-hmm. you know, sort of it'll reimagine itself and help you for a way you don't understand right now. But then the other side of that is there's been a lot of projects I've done where I felt a lot resistance and I'm like, but it was a different kind of resistance. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, this is the right kind of resistance to be happening. And I'm exactly doing the right thing. Um, I just have to keep going, keep it, be cool. I got to just stay cool and not start reacting because it's the learning. It's that people don't want you to do something. And also it's sometimes I think a check the universe or the gods are checking, like, how sincere are you? Are you sure? It's kind of hard right now. You going to give up. And so I think sometimes there's always that too. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's the difference between is this insanity? I'm doing the same thing and getting the same result versus yeah, there is a subtle, but very powerful difference of like, okay, this resistance is trying to stop me. I know I'm close. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm getting close but to target. You have to be very still. Very what? Those those times you have to be more still. You have to be yes. as still as you possibly can, and you have to confess all of your fears to one person that you can trust. You have to offload mm. that. Like this is hard, and I'm stressed out, and I'm worried about bills or whatever the million reasons are. And then you have to get really still because then. It's like, you know, in his, in his, um, the war of art, it's like, then the idea comes up, yeah. then the right, I, then the right thing shows up in your mind or you're like, oh, I know what to do, or I know what that story needs to look like, or I know what that painting, or I know who to call, mm-hmm. but you can't do that when you're just, you know, you're circling around doing this and holding yeah. on tight. And yeah, you're right. God, I can't, I think I, so many times on this show, we've talked about that. And I even think about where I've had breakthrough moments and where I've been, they never come when I've been holding on and I got to do this a little bit more. And it's when I just pulled back and let go and, and got quiet mm-hmm. and just trusted in something and just like, and then, and, but still did the work. It's not like when I said, when I pulled back, it's not that I was like yeah. just sitting there hoping that a pot of gold's going to land in my lap it's like you still made the calls, you still reached out, you still did that. And you know, in every significant thing that has happened to me in this journey, it never came from the direct efforts of this, of the cold call, of the email, of 
this phone call. It, it, but while I was doing all that and something came around from the backside and it was very, it was way yep. more impactful than, does that make sense? I see it nod your head. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, ha- it I think that is the way, you know, it, it creates the room for the, for the, you know, the whisper to show up, whether it's from another person, whether mm-hmm. it's from your own gut, um, wherever it comes from. Are you a spiritual person or do you, do, are you like, what, what do you do? Is it, what do you believe? Do you, are you meditate? Are you a meditative person? What do you do? Um, you know, I'm a person who, um, you know, like I'm the person who doesn't like to take a bath and get a massage because it just takes too long. <laughs> you know, my husband laughs at me because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hard on my body. And one of the things that would be smart is if I got worked on once in a while and I'm always like, oh, who's got, you know, whatever. So there's a part of me that, and this is something I'm always working on. That's a little bit of an over grinder, like almost it's like a default gear. Yeah. Um, maybe it's more comfortable than like relaxing, right? Which is something I have to look at because it's like, oh, what? You don't want to be quiet. You don't want to like, you know, whatever. Right. So what I have developed over the years is um, I do a lot of active meditation, which is sort of realistic too, especially when you have children, which is anytime I'm alone in my car, uh, if I take a walk, a shower, I immediately will just get really quiet and check in. And, um, and so I, I've implemented that into my daily life. I do have it occasionally around my fitness program, uh, you know, routines, uh, breathing and things like that. So it's Mm -hmm. a dynamic way to get meditative, um, which is more agreeable to my personality. But when people ask me if I'm spiritual, to be honest, I am more confused than ever as far as like, you know, when they go like, what's it all about, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. and, yeah. you know, the universe in the universe and the universe inside the galaxy of the yeah. million galaxies. So I'm at a place of complete. It's like when I remember when I was a kid, I think I was six, five or six, six or seven. And it was like I the concept of eternity. I was like, OK, but what? what do you mean? Like, it doesn't begin. It doesn't end. Like, you know, your brain, you're just like, what? you can't wrap your head. Around and so, it, yeah. yeah. And I think I'm at a place where I have complete acceptance that I just can't wrap my head around it, but that I understand there is something so much greater going on and larger than me. And, and, um, and one of the things is, is that the rules are super clear to me. That is the thing. So if people talk about like if want to if you want to use like Christianity or Catholicism as a template to create order and to have really direct rules, um, loosely, you know, I don't care how long someone's skirt is, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> and let's say a girl and a guy have been in a long, long relationship, but they're not married, but they're making love. I'm I'm okay with that, you know, whatever. Um but I, I am so clear about the rules uh, about, you know, the internal sort of right and wrong yeah. and, um, you know, telling the truth and loving my brothers and sisters, trying my best to be compassionate and empathetic. And it's not, I'm not a goopy person. So I'm not like, Oh, you know, I see it. But like, if I go someplace and I, I can see if someone's having a, tough go of it. Mm-hmm. I can just see it. I can feel it. I can, you know, try my best in that 30 second interaction to make room for them or just say, Hey, how's your day going? Or mm-hmm. how are you holding up? 
Um, but I'm, and I never, I've learned to accept that I do it in the way that I do it. Yeah. Sometimes we think of like compassion or empathy as something nice and gooey. No. And like it's a lady with like a pink dress on and she's like, can, do you want cupcakes? <laughs> and I just, I'm not that lady. I'm not that person. I'm a very, I'm, I, I kind of have no frills. Um, so it's, and it's like, you learn this in parenting. It's like, I see other parents and I'm like, oh, that is so awesome that they're, they do it that way. That's actually not the way that I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think, you know, I want, I adhere to the rules, you know, like I, I do my best to, to do that because I really believe, I believe in that order for sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I've kind of surrendered long ago that I, I, I just, it's too big for me to figure out, but I do think there's something bigger than ourselves. And I'm with you. Like these, these laws of leadership and love, no one invented them. They just exist. They're in the ether there for you to, 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 to latch onto. You don't have to write a book, get a certificate, get a degree to understand any of that. It's just kind of there for the taking. I, that's how I see it. And I'm, with yes. You. Yeah. And if someone in the middle East, wants to call their God Allah and someone else wants to call. I'm beyond comfortable with that because I understand I have not one inkling of understanding me too. all of the complexities. Yeah. And I just honor all of it because, you know, it's like, who the hell am I? And, <laughs> but I know that there, I know that there is like the top side and the underside. Like, I feel that I feel that there is sort of, on that we couldn't possibly really understand. Um, and, and so I, I want to try my best to, you know, sort of participate in being in the side where maybe once in a while, um, you know, I can be part of like the, the team that's trying to like make it a little improved. Yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of what where I've also resigned too is that I really think the only universal obligation we have is to make the place better than we found it for the short time that we're here. And if that means, like you said, recognizing that, man, this person isn't in a good space and it's a cashier at the, at the Burger King. And can I do something to, to alleviate that? Not in a grandiose way and me take, Hey, look what I just did. I just gave $20 to this cashier. You know what I mean? I, that stuff makes me sick as hell. I hate it when people do that, but you know what I mean? Like, what can I do to add value in this transaction? Even if it's a micro transaction, how do I add value in it? That's, that's, that's what I think we're obligated to do. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's important. And when we approach it that way, it seems achievable. And um, I think it's also, you know, we're here to learn, we're here to improve. So I, you know, the other job that I I'm trying to do is, um, you know, be really stay humble and, and stay open to my foibles and, and to like, even, even if it's like, I'm not, I can't, I seem to my, I'm not progressing and change mm-hmm. that I still am paying attention and going, you know, there's yeah. that trait of yours that if like, you just, could you just do it a little differently or better? And so I think it's, it's just, um, you know, I tell my daughters, you know, don't be a liar and don't be a victim. And I think it's, it's really important. And, and the flip side of that is also though, I would like to say that I ha- I have come to a place in my life where I'm very comfortable with not engaging in certain dynamics that are not good for me. Yeah. So let's say you've had a friendship for 20 years and you just realize like, you've been doing it because you've just known them, but it's not really what makes you feel comfortable. It's not I have you. a harshness that I've also developed, which is 
uh, hey, I love you, but I'm just, I'm, this doesn't work for me because you start to realize how short and precious time is. So I, I don't want it to all be Pollyanna. Like, yeah, there's a part of me too. that is very harsh and it oh, and maybe could be even perceived as ruthless, but it's like, Hey, I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It doesn't serve me. And I, I think that's important. We have to, yeah, we could do more of that for sure. Oh, it's such a fun conversation. What's next for you? What are you excited about? What's coming up? Well, what's always coming up is my children. <laughs> right. They always <laughs> and they're, they're, they're all in launching periods. Well, I have a grown daughter um, who, you know, is navigating her own life and obstacles. Sure. I have a 17 year old. So we're getting, you know, just, you know, you're trying to mm-hmm. get them ready. And I have a 13 year old that I'm uh, trying to survive. <laughs> right. um, you know, it's funny. It's like, how do, you, how do you thrive as an individual person? How do you thrive in your relationship with your partner? And then how do with you take kids. care of your kids and oh help them thrive? And that's always such a, such a dance, right? And um, so there's always that. And then um, we own a, a company, uh, Laird Superfood, um, that, that actually we recently took public in September. So that ha- takes a, a great amount of uh, energy that you you want it's so it's sure. you know there's things that take energy that also return give you the return i've had many businesses that d- they d- they don't do that um i have a, a sort of i hate to use the word health and fitness i call it self-care but it, it's health and fitness we have a business called xpt so we have breathing apps mm-hmm. and we have like uh, you know experiences obviously uh covid slowed some of it down um, and then I have my podcast, uh, the Gabby Reese show, because for me, it's like an excuse to learn and, uh, and sort of showcase people and talk to them. Um, you know, that I joke that I've interviewed people, mostly athletes st- starting in the early nineties for TV. So I've always really enjoyed, um, it being about other people. Uh, and I think that was actually very, always very good for me because there were times it was like, oh, people, it's you're doing interviews and you're I, at the time I was competing and I was the athlete. So they have this idea to make it about someone else mm-hmm. really gives you that perspective of like, for sure. You know, and, and even my husband, like I've, there've been many times I'm, I'm just Laird's wife, you know? And so th- it's something really good because it's important to know that we're all somebody and we're all nobody. And once we can get really comfortable with that, that, um, then we can, you know, kind of get on with that. So I think that all those things um, are things that I'm excited about and and my own training life, you know, like I enjoy my training, even if it's challenging and just, you know, finding new ways to improve here and there. I love it. Guys, it's been so fun having you on the show. I could talk to you for, it was a very fun conversation. I know I'm a better person for it and and I I hope you enjoyed it as well. I, I will have links to all this so people can reach out to you. You're easy to find. So yeah, I am. So fun. Well, and I just, you know, for one, when people talk about leadership, I, you said that you listened to maybe part of my Rich Devaney podcast, and he said something really, really important. That one of the things that stuck out, he said a lot of important things, but he, he talked about that, you know, the only people that can call you, you, you know, their leader, you can't say, hey, I'm the leader of this group. You can say, I'm in charge of, mm-hmm. I'm in the only people that can call you that are the like people that. that have chosen that's you right. and they go, okay, that's my leader. And so one of the, the two attributes that really stuck out to me that he said that all leaders have is, um, well, first of all, they can make a decision. So it doesn't mean it's the right and perfect decision, but right behind that is total accountability. So what that means is if you're going down the road and you made the wrong decision, you can go, Hey guys, 
I'm wrong. We've, I, we got to pivot and we're going here. And so just to remind people that you're not going to enforce your will. That's mm-hmm. not what being a leader is. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's actually creating an environment to elevate everybody else around you. That's right. And, and the, that's the real power. If you think being a leader is the one on the top nope. and the person who gets all the thing, it's like, that's actually not it. Nope. And so just to remind people, since, you know, you're, you're talking about leadership that, um, you know, you're really of service. That's right. You're of service is that you're there to remove the obstacles and, and, and elevate those around you and make them, that's where the real magic comes. I think that's a great way to end it. Gabby, that was beautiful. Thanks for coming on the show. It was so much fun talking to you. Thank you for, for well, coming. Well, thanks for inviting me. It was so fun. Hopefully, and I wish everyone, you know, great pursuit. Yeah. Thanks, Gabby. Hope we can do it again. There's so much more to explore. Thanks for coming on the show. Okay. Aloha. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse. Tell your kids. Tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that those leadership brings to your world. Go to dosaleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-